0: Uh, so I'm just going to uh, read our passage uh, this morning that John's going to be uh, walking through with us. This, uh, this morning that's going to be uh, James uh, chapter 4 and it's verse 11 uh, through to 17. Uh, if you want to follow along on the screen uh, or if you have a Bible with you, um, we'll read this together. Then I'll pray for us uh, and pray for John. This is God's word. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend the year there and trade and make a profit. Father God, we uh, are just so privileged to come into your presence this morning. and uh, We are grateful and thankful uh, and are come with worshipful hearts uh, to you that we get the opportunity to be together, uh, to gather together as your children uh, before you, Father. We thank you that you present yourself with us. We thank you that you are uh, in us and working through us. And Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that um, as you do that this morning, we will be aware of you. We will be so aware of your presence, so aware of your prompting, so aware of your encouraging, so aware of your rebuke, and so aware of your, your grace and your mercy and love for us. God, on this Father's Day, we, uh, we just give thanks and, and honor uh, the fathers among us. those fathers in our lives who uh, have given us a godly example um, of what it is to be a father. Those fathers who, um, who serve us and who uh, sacrifice for us. And we give thanks for, uh, for that as that a blessing to us. And Lord, we pray uh, for those this morning who, uh, this is a particularly difficult day, uh, where memories uh, are maybe all that's left, Lord, where uh, difficult uh, things come back to mind, Lord, as well. And as we do all this this morning, wherever we are, Lord, we know that you meet us. We know that you love us. We know that you are perfect and you are good. Lord, as we come this morning, as we spend this time together, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would truly speak to us and that we would meet with you. Lord, I pray for John uh, as he comes to speak from this passage, from your word. uh, Lord, I pray that you would use him uh, mightily this morning, that you would use his words, use his preparation. uh, Lord, all for your glory, all that we may see you more clearly, that we may leave this place today more and more in love with you Lord I pray for each one of us that will hear what you have to to say to us today Lord I pray for our kids spaces and and for uh, our kids leaders this morning as they lead and disciple and teach uh, and point our our little ones to you Jesus Lord I pray that you would be at work there as well in those little lives Lord I pray all this in your name Jesus Amen
1: Amen, thanks Sally, morning everyone morning. Uh, As Ali has read for us, we are in James chapter 4 again. Today we're finishing James chapter 4, and then next week we'll be finishing the book of James altogether. So, uh, how many of you have heard the abbreviated abbreviated phrase, uh, WWJD? Loaded, right. What does it mean? What would Jesus do? Okay, right, okay. Very good. Well done. First question. Uh, second one Has anyone ever heard of HWLF? Aha, got you. HWLF is another version of uh, WWJD. It means uh, He would love first. Shut your mouth. <laughs> cliche, Christian please love them. Uh, he would love first, right? But uh, here's the real tester. Have any of you ever heard the phrase DVWP? No? Well, what does DV mean? God willing, weather permitting. (laughs) Shut your mouth! DVWP? Right, anyway. Uh, God willing, weather permitting. Right. We can have a bit of fun, right? And have a laugh about that. But, here's the thing. James is going to tell us today, maybe not the weather-permitting part, but the God-willing part is how we literally should live our lives. God-willing is how we should literally live our lives. Not presumptuously. Not presumptuously. Saying we're going to do this or we're going to do that or we're going to do whatever. But always bearing in mind that we are not Promised tomorrow. That's what James is going to tell us today. So we're to live our lives with God willing in mind. Always. The believer must live like that, James is going to tell us. That's not where he's going to start today. He's going to get there. But where he's going to start today is even going to make us more uncomfortable than God willing. He's going to make us more uncomfortable than that. Where James starts our passage today is this. Verse 11. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks evil against a brother or judges his brother judges the law. Right. James is telling us that as brothers and sisters in Christ, believers in Jesus, we are not to slander, defame, or degrade another brother or sister by our speech, by our speech. James is addressing the issue here that that speech, this this kind of destructive speech against our brothers and sisters is sinful. He says the kind of speech that tears down fellow brothers and sisters or our neighbors is to be a mark of worldliness. Do you remember the things that James is, uh, uh, is addressing throughout the whole book the final one that he addresses is worldliness, keeping ourselves unstained from the world. And James is saying, James is going to tell us that that this tearing down, this this, uh, degrading of another brother or sister through our speech is a sign in the heart that we are actually worldly. We're actually worldly. His point, of course, is that Christians are not to slander, not to degrade, not to uh, speak poorly of Christian brothers and sisters. And basically, what he's doing again is echoing the words of his older brother Jesus Matthew chapter 7 Do not judge lest you be judged. And what I want to do here is pause just for a moment and give an explanation of what James doesn't mean before we get into what he does mean. Because it's really important. What does he not mean? Because that phrase of Jesus, that statement of James, then, has often been used wrongly and has often been used as an excuse never to say anything about anything. And that's just wrong. That's just wrong. What James doesn't mean, he does not mean that believers, brothers and sisters, are not to exercise judgment totally. We often hear people say that things, oh, no, don't judge because you'll be judged and and you can't say anything about that. But it's not actually what James is meaning here. He doesn't mean that we're not to have a judgment on someone else on biblical principles and biblical values, he doesn't mean that. He doesn't. He doesn't mean ever that we're not to say anything negative about anyone. That's not what he means. Because if he was to if he was to mean that, he would have already proved himself to be a liar early in the book because James is quite harsh about brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's not that we're never to say anything negative. It's not that we're ever to use uh, our our, our judgment or discernment about brothers and sisters if something is biblically wrong. If something is biblically wrong, or a brother or sister in Christ is biblically wrong, it is the most loving thing to do, to say that to them. So it does not mean that we never say anything negative, or we never use our discernment to point out biblically biblically wrong idea, ideas. It's, it's, it's not true. So don't hear James when he says this, when he says, do not speak evil against brothers and sisters. Don't hear that as you can never say anything negative. It's just not right. So what does James mean when he says, do not speak do not speak evil against another brother. What does he mean? Well, as I said, he's talking about speech that tears down. Sometimes, I don't know if it's a non-adam culture thing, but, but sometimes what we like to do is tear someone down so that we look better. That's classic. What we'll do is we'll, we'll say that they're, they're really poor in this area, or blah, 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 or, or they shouldn't be doing that, or they shouldn't be doing this, or blah, 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 because it makes us look better. That's the type of speech that James is talking about here. William Tyndale called it backbiting, or as we would call it in Northern Ireland, slabber." He's talking about the speech, the kind of speech that tears down and often builds us up at another's expense. So how do we check it? How do we check if that's us? Because here's the thing. I guarantee you 100% all of us struggle in this area. No. We all struggle in this area. How do we check ourselves? Because we can all say, like Isaiah, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. We all struggle. But how can we check them? How can we know, how can we check if, the, if our speech is hurtful, divisive, destructive speech? <sighs> And I think this is something we need to do all the time. Like later in our, in our gathering, we will have communion. And, and what we do before communion is we, we take that time to repent of sin. And probably one of the biggest sins, one of the greatest sins in our lives that we need to repent of is the way that we use our, our, our speech. So how do we check it? How do we know? Well, let's take a look. We need to look here at what James says we're doing and remind ourselves of what we're doing when we speak in this way. He gives us four things, four things to look for. The first, James says in verse 11, do not speak against one another, brothers. The first thing to remember is when when we're doing this, and the first thing to check is, is, who are we speaking against? James tells us, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, do not speak against one another, brothers. James is reminding us simply that we are speaking out against our families, turning down our family when we do this. We ought not to be doing that. What we ought to be doing is cultivating relationships, encouraging each other mutually, not tearing one another down. We are supposed to be a family. Someone said in our home group the other night, can't remember who it was, they had heard that that the church, they had heard this phrase, I'm sure you maybe have, have heard it, but the church is the only place that shoots its own wounded. often it's true. Often it's true. Remember who we are speaking about. Second, James says in verse 11, remember what you are speaking. James says, do not speak evil against uh, one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law. What are you speaking about? You're speaking evil against God's law. James is speaking to the church here. He's speaking to people who who had a high view of God, who had a high view of God's Word. And what he's saying is when you speak evil against one another, you're speaking against the very Word that you say you have a high view of. You're speaking against God's law. When we speak evil against another brother or sister, it is not just their reputation we are harming, but we are actually speaking against God's word. We're speaking against the law. When you speak against a brother or sister in a a degrading Backbiting way, you're condemning the law. Thirdly, James says, if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. What does he mean by that? Well, God's law is this. Don't speak poorly of one another. What do you do when you speak poorly of one another? What do I do if I speak poorly of someone? I say, I am above God's law. I am not going to take into consideration God's law, and I'm going to break God's law, and that's ground. That's what we're doing. You are judging the law. You are judging the law to be insufficient. You are putting yourself above the law. That's what we're doing. You're becoming judge of it. Remember, we are to remember who we are contradicting when we speak poorly of a brother or sister. We are becoming judge and jury. And that leads us to the fourth thing. He says in verse 12, listen to this. There is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Who are we claiming to be when we speak derogatorily derogatory about another brother or sister? We are claiming to be God. We're claiming to be God. We're claiming to take His place. He's the judge, not us. You see, that is the ultimate act of pride. That is the ultimate act of pride. When we are claiming to be God, that is the ultimate act of pride. And that's why, folks, that's why humility is the prime Christian grace. Humility is the prime Christian grace. What James is saying here is that if we speak destructively of a brother or sister, it reveals something again about what's going on inside of us. It reveals our heart. It reveals pride. It reveals a lack of humility. It reveals worldliness. Worldliness. he shows here that destructive speech against a brother or sister is actually a sign of self-centered, self-focused, unhumble worldliness. And when we see that type of speech in our lives, which we again, may I say, all struggle with at times, when we see that, it is a reminder that we need the grace of God we desperately, desperately need the grace of God. And we need His grace to change our hearts in this area. When we come to communion today, sometimes we we have a particular focus on, on, on something that's come out of the sermon or whatever, what God's Word has revealed to us. I want us to think about that. I want us to think about our speech. How we use our speech. How we speak. How we speak about brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we repent of it. Tonight actually in our time together for prayer. We're going to be focusing on repentance. Because this last few weeks. I I just feel that the scriptures have led us there. I feel that that's where we're going to be, and we're going to be focusing on repentance. But let's start out, when we come to communion today, by taking the time to repent of speech that is ungodly and worldly. James moves on in, in verse 13, and he, and he moves to this uh, point he's going to make about Christians speaking presumptuously as in taking for granted that they're just going to be around. And again, this is something that we all fall into the trap of doing. Again, there's not, there's not one of us probably in the room that doesn't fall into this. But James is going to show us that, that, that it's not just destructive speech against a brother or sister that shows that we're worldly, but it's actually presumptuous speech that shows that we're worldly as well. Presumptuous speech shows that we're worldly. This is presumption in attitude. Again, it shows a, a, a worldliness, but a lack of humility. A worldliness, but a lack of humility also. In verse 13 to 16, James is pointing out the problem of presumption, and he's saying it is equally as bad as destructive speech about our brothers and sisters. We're not to speak presumptuously it portrays a worldliness in heart. And what he does here is use a business illustration. James says, come now, you who say, tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. So what he's doing is using a business illustration of, of saying to ourselves, right, okay, we're going to go there, we're going to do this, we're going to spend a year there, we're going to make some money. That's what he's saying. And you see, we live in a day and age, we live in a culture where, where where everything has to be planned out. Now hear me when I say this. Planning in itself is, is, is not sinful. But if we do it with an attitude of uh, I am guaranteed five years from now, then it is sinful. If we come to it with an attitude of of God willing, this is what we'll do, changes the game. But we live in a world where everything is again. We live in a world where we're bombarded with with worldviews, and one of the worldviews that we're bombarded with is that you have to have a five-year to ten-year plan of what your life's going to look like. James is going to tell us if you do that with, without consulting God. R- remember who he's looking, who he's speaking to here. He's speaking to the church, so he's speaking to Christians, and he's saying that these Christians. in in, in planning their lives, are not factoring God in at all. At all. What he's saying is that they are making decisions, planning, without even considering the fact that they are under a sovereign God. And he points out, Several things in verse 13 that show a worldly presumption and a lack of wisdom. Come. Now, you who say it today or tomorrow, James is going to show them that all of our time is in God's hands. We can't say today or tomorrow. We can't even say that. There have been so many things lately, just in, just in life in general, and in the life of the church here in Cornerstone, that will show us that we cannot say that. I'm sure you've all heard stories of, and this is a, this is a dramatic example but it's, but it's real life. I'm sure you've all heard stories of people who were on their way to the, the World Trade Towers when, when 9-11 happened. They went to their work like every other day, normal. Did they know that they wouldn't come home? Did their families know that they wouldn't come home? Folks, life changes like that. We cannot say today or tomorrow, because we don't know. All of it is in God's hands. All of it's in God's hands. It's noticeable in that one very short illustration, as I say, that God doesn't factor into the thinking here at all with these people. James expects James would expect unbelievers not to think about God why would they? And so they could certainly say, well, we'll do this, we'll do that. And there's no consideration for God, but he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the church. And they are forgetting God's sovereignty. They are forgetting His, uh, the fact that He is sovereign over every heartbeat, over every breath that we take. And he wants them to remember four things. Four things. Verse 14. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and vanishes. Proper humility is to acknowledge that. is to acknowledge that. We don't know the future. We don't know it. Secondly, we are finite. Our days are numbered. Our days are numbered. You see it here. We are a vapor. What is your life for you are a mist that appears for a little time then what? Vanishes. Maybe you've heard someone pray prayer like I've heard people pray this a prayer, something to this effect. Thanks, Lord, for, for giving us another day to serve you. Thank you for letting us wake up this morning so that we can serve you. That's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. Thank you for today. Thank you for the breath in our lungs. Thank you for the, the abilities that we have, because we do not know the very second that can be taken away from us. I often think about it when I'm out on the bike. Like, I'm in pain, yes. Like, Somebody passed me yesterday morning in, in a camper van, and they were so close, so close, in one of those old Volkswagen camper vans. They were so close. The new the new regulations of the Highway Code stipulate that it is a metre and a half now to give cyclists. Okay, just putting that out there. Uh, no, I'm only joking. <laughs> they did pass me, and Roberto was hanging out the window. <laughs> But, but I'm often reminded when I am out in the bike, seriously, that could be taken away like that. My ability to, to, to ride a bike could be taken away like that. Our lives can be changed like that. We are finite. Our days are numbered. Third thing. we are utterly dependent on God for every moment. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. And James isn't just saying here, it's not some cliche. You hear people saying DV all the time, you know, DVWP, but and it's not just a cliche, it's an attitude of heart. It's not something just to say, it is an attitude of heart, to to have it in our hearts and in our minds that, yeah, if God wills, we'll do this. If God is uh, sovereignly planned that we'll do it, we'll we'll, we'll do it. We are dependent on Him for every moment. And then verse 16 reminds us of the importance of humility again. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. We must be humble. We must not speak presumptuously. Now, again, our attitude to this could be well, you know what? Everybody struggles with this, don't they? And yes, everybody does struggle with this. That's right. But look what James says here. James says this. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Here's the kicker. So whoever knows the right thing and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. So, unfortunately, whether you have zoned out for the last half hour or not, You now know the right thing. Ignorance can no longer be bliss. We know what the right thing is. We've heard it from the Word of God. We've heard that we're not to speak destructively about brothers or sisters. So if we do so, what is it? Sin. Sin if we speak presumptuously about what we're going to do and we're going to plan and we're not going to factor God in at all uh, and we do that, uh, what is it? It's sin. We are now, all of us in the in, in, in sound of my voice, accountable for what we have heard. That is the reality of Scripture. Scripture we may think, we, this is what we do. This is what, what we could do. We could come in here every Sunday and think this is a passive act, right? You could come in here and you could think that, that I'm just here. I'm just listening. I'm just, this is a passive thing. It's not. You are accountable for what you hear. God's Word is truth. And every time it is opened up and every time it is explained, you are then accountable, James says here, for doing the right thing. If we don't do the right thing, it is sin. And the reality is, it is this. It is not a matter of ignorance. It is a matter of willful disobedience. Lazy disobedience and lack of humility. That's what it is. As I say, we all struggle in these areas, every single one of us. And that is why we need the grace of God poured out over us on a daily basis. And thankfully, that is the good news of the gospel. Because certainly we can, we, can, we can come from this moment and we can say, yes, I hear the words of Scripture and I'm going to, I'm going to through the power of the Holy Spirit, endeavor to obey. But you will fail, I will fail, and that's where the good news of the gospel kicks in. Because there is forgiveness for our sin. Praise Jesus. There is grace for our sin. Praise Jesus. When we confess our sin, He is faithful, and He is just, and He will, Scripture tells us, He will forgive us our sins. Amen? So now we know the right thing. I know the right thing. Let's through the Holy Spirit empowerment, try our best to do the right thing but here's the right hey, do you know what we do do you know what we do? do you know what we'll walk away from here to do today this is what we'll do right guaranteed we'll go away we'll try ourselves but as soon as someone somebody else slips or as soon as a brother or sister slips hey, look at your mom look he didn't hear today look at look at that there your woman wasn't listening this morning don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about what they're doing. Focus on you. Focus on yourself. Focus on what God's been saying to the Holy Spirit to you personally. Thank God for His grace. Praise Jesus for the gospel. Amen. Amen. Let me pray first. Father, we need your grace. And I am so thankful that you are faithful and just and you will forgive us our sin. But Father, help us to take these words seriously through the Spirit. Help us to apply them and help us to come to you in faith and repentance. In Jesus' name, amen.